We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Every time someone tweets me that they want A-Rod as manager, I think to myself, why the... Why? Why would we do that to ourselves? And why would A-Rod do that to himself? If Alex Rodriguez is named the manager of the New York Yankees, I don't think I could do the show any longer. I don't think that I can talk about the Yankees twice a week with A-Rod being the freaking manager of, of men on my team. I just, I don't think I could do it. I think I would go insane. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. Woke up from across the street, 
What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 194, an emergency episode of the podcast, Scott. We thought we'd be off for an entire week, but the Yankees went and dropped some news on us. Joe Girardi is donezo. He is out. Yeah, there's no uh, no rest for the weary here at Bronx Pinstripe Show. We're on call at all times, even when Joe Girardi is, uh, is, is trying to make news in the middle of the World Series by leaving with a disheveled look on his face and everybody reporting about it. Um, it's, uh, it's, I think it's, it's very interesting news because I think a lot of people didn't expect it. I know it was talked about, obviously his contract was up, but, um, I think the way it went down, it was probably the biggest, the biggest surprise for me. There's so much to unpack with it from the way it was handled to when this decision was actually made and then what the Yankees are going to go, what they're going to do going forward. We're going to get into all of it, but you mentioned that they broke it on an off day after game two of the World Series. The last time we saw the Yankees or something related to the Yankees break news was when A-Rod opted out of his contract in 2007 and he got a ton of shit for that. So I feel like the Yankees were trying to or have tried to avoid breaking news when things are going on like the World Series and they're not in it. So I really do believe that the Yankees were going to announce this after the World Series, except there was so much speculation on social media by a number of different people, conflicting reports by a number of different people. Then you've got the reports that Girardi is in and out of Yankee Stadium on these like hour-long meetings, and like you said, leaving with a disheveled look on his face. There was just so much stuff going on. There was too much smoke. There was obviously a fire couldn't ignore it any longer. You couldn't wait another week for the World Series to go over because things would have just gone nuclear. Yeah, and I mean, A-Rod set the precedent for being a jackass and saying, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. And Major League Baseball basically has to approve, I think, these major announcements and things like that right now. So, I mean, they, you know, the Yankees obviously talked with, uh, with, uh, with the Major League Baseball about this. I'm sure they were fine with it because today is like, you know, the very dead day in the World Series with the travel day. So Major League Baseball is like, yeah, bring it back down to baseball. There's a football game tonight. Let's talk about Joe Girardi not coming back. No problems. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here having to start Joe freaking Flacco tonight because everybody else is screwed on my team. <laughs> there's, a mil- there's a number of things having th- that are going wrong right now. Oh, you want to go off on a fantasy football tangent in the middle of a Joe Girardi is uh, let go as Yankee no. manager podcast? Because I can do that if you want to. <laughs> no, no, we'll have time for that later. The, uh, the very interesting thing to me, like... I think there was a lot of smoke. There's been smoke for a while. I mean, ever since Francesca started talking about this a long time ago, about the, the potential that Girardi was maybe not um, going to renew the contract himself. Maybe it was a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of the speculation, I think, was more on Girardi making family decisions and yeah. the Yankees brass, you know, obviously wanting him back. I mean, I felt like that was always an assumption. The Yankees will want him back, but will Joe want to come back? And, you know, we've talked about this, like looking at that, this is, this is such a... a a good job right now with what's happening with the roster and the future of what it looks like with the Yankees for the next, you know, at least five years, you'd be crazy not to, not to come back to, to that. If that's your, if that's your, your, your life goal is to manage baseball. Like this is the team you want to manage. This is the most attractive job in baseball right now. Absolutely. So I think the way it went down and, and how we talked about, and we'll talk about the, uh, uh, the comments, but, you know, what it, it boils down to is that the Yankees didn't want Joe back. Yep. And that was where the surprise came for me because I thought the Yankees were going to offer the contract because that's kind of what they do. They, they like the obligatory contract comes in because he's done pretty well. It seems like he's overperformed. Maybe that's just us talking about it as fans or, and the media talking about the rebuild and the overachieve. And, you know, maybe there was a completely different tone set in the front office. 
who knows what goes behind uh, goes uh, goes on behind closed doors. I don't think there's any question that Girardi over outperformed what the Yankees should have been the last few years. Maybe you can say he underperformed in his first few years, although they did win the World Series in 2009, but then they had World Series caliber teams in 10, 11, 12, and they didn't get over the hump. But those rosters in 2013 and 2014, you want to make yourself sick? Go look at some of those lineups with, you had guys like Ichiro in the lineup and Eric Chavez and all these like random ass uh, Kevin Euclid, Euclid, uh, Hafner, Travis Hafner, Lyle Overbay, all these random ass players. And he still got the team to like mid 80s. They didn't make the playoffs, but they won 84, 85 games and they were at least in contention for the playoffs in September. I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And then, like you said, this year, he got a team that was supposed to be rebuilding to the ALCS. So he deserves a lot of credit there, too. So I don't think there's a question that he did overachieve, but. This seems like the decision was made by Brian Cashman and the Yankees. And now this is Brian Cashman's team. It hasn't been announced that he's coming back, but it's obvious he's coming back. He made the statement today, quote, I want to thank Joe for his 10 years of hard work and service to the organization. Everything this organization does is done with careful and thoughtful consideration. And we've decided to pursue alternatives for the managerial position. We've decided to pursue alternatives. So it's the Yankees deciding, not Joe. And then Joe came out with quotes later saying that it's with my heavy heart I come to you because the Yankees have decided to not bring me back. So, like you said, this is the Yankees' decision to move on. Yeah, and that's where, where the surprise was because, you know, when you look at – and they, all, they made it very clear that they didn't make a decision based off of this one year, that they look at the body of work, that they look at the past, you know, X amount of years, and that's how they make their decision. Hal Steinbrenner was talking about that, that it's not just going to be – a you know a, a very rash decision by looking at uh, you know an isolated uh, one year or a couple of weeks or one decision that was not made in the in the playoffs. That's not how it's going to go down. It's going to look at the body of work um, and more of a long term a long term vision of of what Joe Girardi is. And I think you know and we've talked about this a number of times during the year, whether it was Girardi or it was somebody else, is that the, this is a new era of Yankees baseball. They have to have stability at the helm right now. They have to be sure that this is the guy that they want for at least the next five years. Because if you're looking at windows of when this team can win, I mean, immediately you're looking at five years. Who knows who can, what can happen after that? But I think five years is pretty, uh, a pretty good target to set for where this team can, can you know, do its probably most damage. So they got to be very comfortable with this is the guy right now with this team moving forward to win championships. Not to win 85 games, not to come out and make the playoffs, but to win championships. How do we do that? And obviously it wasn't Joe Girardi. It's a crucial decision because, as you know, it can go horribly awry. Look at all these teams that have had to change managers after one or two failed seasons. The Yankees have been so lucky. They had Joe Torre for 11 years and then Joe Girardi for 10 years. Yeah, we... they were, Everyone was fired Joe Girardi on Twitter every time he screwed up a pitching change or something like that. But when you consider 10 years, he was pretty good. So this team is expected to win a World Series very soon, if not next year. Now they're bringing in a new manager. That adds so many more complications to a team that is on the rise. Yeah, it's a great opportunity, but can't screw this up right now. No, it's a huge decision. It's a, it's a very... Very big decision. You're you're literally uh, anointing a skipper of your ship, and and this ship is is ready to go full steam. I mean, ready to go full steam. So you better be very confident that this guy can fit in the clubhouse. This guy can get the 
um, the attention of the players and his voice can be heard by his manager, the rest of his coaching staff, and that he also has the the young guys and the veterans. He has to have the, the clubhouse immediately because it's a win-now situation. And they're not just winning now because they have a bunch of contracts that are about to expire and some guys are getting older. No, no, no. It's win now with a very young team who continue who can continue to win. But the expectations are win now. So this decision, well, I think, and you and I talked about this before we started recording, I believe that, Joe, uh, that, that uh, Brian Cashman already has a guy picked out in his head. If it's not one guy, it's, a, it's two guys, but I think it's one guy. I think there's one guy in his head that maybe he's already had discussions with. Maybe uh, you know, he knows he's going to bring them in. But it seems like this is such a big move to do. They would have to have at least one or two guys circled that they, that they know they can bring in. Yeah, they have a short feel list. feel comfortable with. He's got a short list of guys. Uh, I think, though, don't you agree that this decision was made up a long time ago, probably even before the playoffs, maybe even some point earlier this season, that Girardi would not continue managing this team in 2018? Yeah, I think it was... Um, yeah, I, I think what I think what it came down to, and there's been all these rumors about uh, a rift potentially between Cashman and and Joe Girardi. One, Girardi was there for ten years, and a lot of things can happen in ten years. And you look at what the Yankees have done for the for the the past uh, you know ten years of his of his career. It's been very up and down, and very very just different. Like we talked about the the guys on that roster, and then you have a very young uh, team now, and then what Girardi had to, to manage as far as personalities and and salaries and all this other stuff. So there, you've run the gamut. So I can imagine how a relationship like that can be strained over that time and the, and the tumultuous you know, uh, um, status of the, the roster. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Brian Cashman had that decision. He, he knows that he's going to go with his guy. I think he's getting a lot more of the reins. We've talked about that with players bringing him in, and I think it's, it's, it's kind of carrying over to the manager. Maybe rift isn't the right word, but difference of philosophy. Tension. I think they just have different visions for where their team... Cashman has a clear vision for where this team is going, and I don't think Girardi was on board with that. And yeah, maybe that caused tension, but I think it, it stemmed because Cashman want, is going one way and Girardi is going another way. And if Steinbrenners are choosing between Girardi and Cashman, the, the, the option is, is clear. It's Cashman. He's done... I, I just... He is, this, he is running this team at this point. I don't understand, though, what direction Girardi could have said that he wanted to go in besides what Cashman's it's, done. It's the, Cashman gave him a team yeah. that is ready to go and win right now. So I don't know about direction. I but think it's, I, I think it's more style control. I think that Cashman wants to be able to control a lot more the, that goes on, on the field. And you, you're not going to control Joe Girardi. He's been a manager, your manager for a decade. He's won a world series. He's a big name. He is in the near the top in salary of managers for baseball. You're not going to control him. You bring in somebody else from the minor leagues. We'll talk about all the names they're speculating, but you bring in somebody else who you can sort of play like a puppet a little bit more. I think that's what Cashman is looking for. I uh, see. I don't know. I don't think I agree with that. I, I think it's, I think it's more of a, a decision on how they act with these young guys. And I think like you just mentioned how Girardi's a lot more uptight and so regimented. I mean, the dude eats the same breakfast. What is it like? Ham and eggs. Six egg whites and ham and eggs and and ham and dry toast or breakfast something like that. Champions. Right. Every single day. Yeah. I mean, this guy literally. I eat the same thing eat... for breakfast every day too. So do I. It's a fiber bar, though. <laughs> this guy like does this whole long thing. Um, but it, he's very regimented in everything he does. It's not just breakfast. That's just an example. Yes. Obviously, we we know damn well he's regimented because he goes to a freaking binder, looks up the chapter and, and page, and that's his decision. And it's based on uh, numbers. It's based on his experience. It's not based on what he sees on the field. 
And that was one of my biggest gripes with him. Um, but funny, I don't I, think that's one of the biggest gripes that, that uh, Cashman and ownership has with him. No, I do. I think that is part of it. I think it's part of, th- because of that, because of the way that that book operates and the way that Joe operates with his brain, he doesn't have the, be- the, be- the greatest relationship with the players, I don't think. And it's because of that. It's because if you're a player playing for Joe Girardi and you're playing your ass off and you're doing all these things on the field, but, oh, you, you're, you're uh, going up against a, a lefty that has better numbers, um, uh, that you have uh, worse numbers against uh, another guy that's been playing like dog shit and he gets the, he gets the start. Like things like that could can really frustrate people. Totally. And I think when you're as a player, that that'll drive you nuts. And I think those types of situations, situations like that, have have definitely driven some kind of a wedge between Girardi and some of the players. Even though on the surface they'll say, "Hey, we got his back. We got his back." Um, you know, there's specific players. I think yeah, maybe in those types of decisions that you just described. But as far as matchup decisions, I think that. An analytical approach, a, a quote binder approach, is exactly the way that Cashman wants to take this thing. And there's been a lot of people today. I feel like once it was officially announced that Cashman that uh, Girardi's not coming back, a number of people came out of the woodworks, sort of bashing Girardi. Uh, Francesca was talking about on air how there was a small group of players in that locker room that did not like Girardi. He mentioned Chapman and Gary Sanchez by name. I think it's interesting that Gary Sanchez was named in there. Obviously, the whole catcher dynamic and he was benched for his lack of ability to block balls earlier this season they're clearly Girardi clearly wasn't able to connect with Sanchez on a level on a certain level um and it's just interesting that he's a catcher Girardi was a catcher he also didn't connect with Posada who was a catcher so maybe he sees maybe he sees himself in these players and that's why he can't make these connections but People were saying, oh, well, if, if one of the the new core players doesn't like you, then you're out. No questions asked. But I think it's unrealistic to think that all 25 players are going to love their manager. There's always going to be guys who aren't aren't on uh, on board with the manager. It's just reality. Yeah, well, I, and I think it's way too early for these guys to be making decisions about personnel as far as manager. Obviously, Brian Cashman is going to be the guy that has the, you know, the ear of the clubhouse. He's going to listen to what people are saying. He's going to hear, uh, you know, the the bat boy talking about conversations that have happened between Sanchez and Girardi or Sanchez and some other guy. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be little, little uh, whispers that are said and Girardi's or uh, Cashman's going to listen to all these things. And, and I think that's, that's was part of the decision. I don't think it was one thing. No, I don't think it was one thing by any means. I think it was a multitude of things. And, and the other thing is, you know, sometimes, you know, after 10 years, Voices can get stale. Yeah. Sometimes you look at something for so long, you're like, oh, I'm sick of looking at this. Let's change it up for change it up's sake. That's why it's and amazing. I'm fine with that. It's amazing that Mike Sosha has been in uh, Anaheim for like, what is it, almost 20 years at this point? Yeah, it's a little ludicrous, honestly, especially with the, the different uh, difference of players, uh, how different they are today than where they were 20 years ago. I, I just feel like at some point you got to make a change for if for no reason but change sake. Right. And I, I w- with this this type of you had to do it now. Now was the time. Yeah. Obviously, the contract worked out in the sense that the team was ready to peak or, or you know get get ready to get going. But um, now is the time for sure. Right. The, yeah. other th- the other thing we haven't talked about. Sorry to cut you off. The other thing that um, that we haven't really talked about. I haven't really heard too many people talk about it. But the two people that didn't like him, uh, Latin players. I don't know if there's something that you're looking at where there's a lot more Latin players coming up. There's going to be a, a lot more of a uh, of a presence with those guys. There are a lot. They just the way that they play baseball. Um, in like Dominican Republic, in, in Venezuela, in Puerto Rico, they're a lot more loose. They have a lot more fun. You saw a lot of that in the in the team this year. 
Maybe they're looking for a guy that is more uh, of a, um, that has, they can have a better relationship with all of the players, you know, no matter where they're from or, or the style of play that they have. Girardi's very cut and dry one style. Yeah, I mean, it just, I think it's maybe a coincidence that those two players, Chapman and Sanchez, that I mentioned, are both Latin players because Gary Sanchez got benched because he couldn't block a ball, and then Chapman got taken out of the closer role because he stunk. So if they were white players or black players instead of Latin players, I think Jordy would have made the same decision. I think it's more to the, the style of play. I think there's a different style of play when you look at, like, in the Caribbean. And, and a lot of those countries, then if you see guys that are coming up in the U.S., I just think the styles are, are, are different. And a manager like Girardi is so, you know, cut and dry on things that he doesn't allow himself to, I don't know, open up to to more relaxed style of play or more of a, a jovial style of play. He's just so damn serious all the time. Yeah. Um, I, wanna, I could see that being, a, a you know, a bone of contention at some point. I want to get back to the point that I, I really do think this was a decision that was made long before the playoffs. And there was not one thing that that made Cashman say, OK, I got to find a new manager. Uh, and I think it's just ironic because had... Had the Yankees lost the ALDS, and the main reason being that Girardi did not challenge that play, I think it would have been so easy for Cashman to just say, we're moving on from Joe Girardi. Nobody would have complained about it because Girardi lost them a playoff series. He had such a crucial error that the Yankees got bounced from the playoffs. Hell, we were on a podcast right after that game. I don't think you said I want to fire Girardi, but I certainly said I want to fire Girardi for it. It turned out the Yankees rallied, the players rallied around Girardi, and they won the series, so that kind of threw a wrench in Cashman's plans, but what would have happened if they made it to the World Series? What would have happened if they won the World Series? I think that changes everything. If you win the World Series, you can't can't let Girardi go, right? I I don't know how you let him go if you get to the World Series. If you win that Game 7, you're in the World Series... Unless something bad happens, manager, you know, the cost of the game that Joe does, or it was just an awful showing, I, I, I have a very difficult time saying, you have this new team, you got them literally to the World Series. Right, but How nothing, is that not the right guy? nothing would have changed uh, philosoph- philosophically for Cashman. He would have still wanted to take the team in a different direction, whether they won that Game 7 in Houston or lost it. But he's stuck at that point. He's stuck it's at obviously that point. Working. So he would be making the decision. He would make. He would be making a decision for the wrong reasons. Well, no, because it's working. So obviously, maybe at that point, he would question his own decisions and why he was deciding. So now to it's just one him. game. It's one little old game seven. I mean, that's a big game. Yes, absolutely, that's a big game. There's a lot of things that led up to that. But yeah, that absolutely one game can can determine. Uh, you know whether you you stay or go the way that you're you play that game seven that's happened over the course of sports forever I mean you're you're um you could be you could be fired or promoted within one game sure within one small decision yeah plenty of managers have got fired over Grady Little got fired over 2003 ALCS game leaving Pedro in but yeah. but the Yankee the Yankees didn't have an issue in those last two games that the manager cost them games they just played like crap and that's why they lost so I mean we're, now we're getting down to some Really crazy speculation. There's tons of other stuff to talk about. Um, but as far as Girardi's success as Yankees manager, I think he was a successful manager. He was the winningest manager between 2008 and 2017. Won 910 games and, and lost 710. So he's 200 games over 500, 91 wins average season. Um, one World Series, obviously. He is fourth active among, among managers for playoff victories. So there's a lot of good stuff as far as his resume goes. He got a lot of crap over the 10 years. We gave him a lot of crap on this podcast over the last two and a half, three years. 
I always thought, though, that Girardi was much better than fans gave him credit for, but not as good as, like, baseball analysts gave him credit for. I just don't think fans are going to give anybody any credit. <laughs> Unless they win. If they win, they'll get credit. If they don't, they'll complain. That's just what happens. Yeah, that's the nature so, of it. So I don't think that, like, looking at the way fans react to any manager, because it's going to be the same uh, you know, honestly, it's going to be the same. Because if this next guy comes out of the gate and does anything remotely questionable, oh, well, Girardi wouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah, he's screwed. Oh, well, it's, it's going to be just, you know, complaining, complaining, complaining. That's just the nature of the beast. They lose opening day. This guy's going to get trashed. But I, I do think that, um, I, I don't know. He's just, to me, Girardi is just so freaking standard as far as the way he manages. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not upset by the, the way that this has gone down. Honestly, like I like change, especially in this, this particular instance. I think it's a, I think it's a good idea to shake something up like this. I mean, you've seen, I've seen Joe Girardi for 10 years. I know what he is. Um, I, I'm not sure if I, if I want a young, fun, good team under such a strict guy that is not, uh, you know, not, not willing to, to give a little on, on certain things. Cause he's just not. And I think that's one of the bigger things is that he just he has such uh, such you know cemented decisions already before he even starts a game. Things are things are done in his head. And to me that's a big problem in today's baseball. But he made it to the ALCS. He did. So his methods criticize them all you want and I agree with everything you just said. I'm not I'm I'm sort of fall in the middle. If they brought Girardi back I would have been fine with it and if they let him go I'm fine with it now. Um, right. But his decisions, like you said, all of that stuff got them to Game 7 of the ALCS. Yeah, for better or for worse, they did. They got him. Now, maybe it's not game. a long-term success for this team. Obviously, Cashman in the front office knows that team better than anyone else. So he, they might assess the situation and say, we need somebody who can better connect with these players if we want to have a dynasty, which is what they're trying to do. And fine, if they made that decision, fine. Exactly, that's, that's the thing. They're not looking at making the ALCS for the team. They're not, you know, looking at the, uh, just this year, they're looking at how do we win championships and, and multiple championships. I don't know. Maybe they looked at Aaron Judge's uh, cold streak in the second half and were like, that was a little too long. Why didn't Joe do something more about that? Why didn't he try to nip that in the butt? Why did it go on as long as he did? Why was he in the top of the order the entire time? Maybe they're taking into consideration that, uh, that, that Joe keeps his veterans in the, the exact same slot every single time, no matter what. You know, I don't know what the hell they're looking at, but what they are looking at for sure is the next five years. And obviously it didn't fit. It was a square peg and a round hole, Brian Cashman and Joe Girardi. It seems like our two very regimented guys. It even seems like Cashman's a very regimented guy. Yeah, I bet he and has the same the, thing for breakfast every day too. He probably does. He probably does. And if, the, if those are not meshing up well, then you got, you're going to have uh, tension and just conflict. I think it was more about where they wanted to take the team than what Girardi did or didn't do. Because people say all you want about Girardi's decisions, and like, but he made a lot of good decisions. He made some bad decisions, and we criticized him for it, but he also made a lot of good decisions. So I don't think it was necessarily what happened in the past. It was what they want to do in the future. So they didn't like his style for the future of this team. That's absolutely fine. And for everyone who's, who has criticized Girardi over the years and wanted him fired, and then people say, well, who's better to manage this team? We don't know. You don't need to know who's going to be the next manager to say you want the current manager fired. I think it's an okay take as a fan to say, I don't like the current manager. I'm looking at what he's doing. 
I don't want him managing my team, but I don't know who's going to be the next guy. It's like saying if someone says, do you want to go get Chinese food tonight? No, I don't. Well, what do you want? I don't know. You can still know you don't want Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, interesting analogy. The, uh, it's, it's true. As a fan, you're looking at this like, the, what's in front of me I'm just not liking. I'm just sick of seeing it and give me something else. Sometimes it's anything. Sometimes it's just a change. I just want something different. And, and if that's the case, then fine. I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how a lot of people, I think, feel. I think that as a, as a general manager and you're looking at the front office, though, you better damn well know what you're doing before you get rid of a guy like Joe Girardi. <laughs> right. You better damn well know that you want pizza instead of Chinese food. And that shit better be on the way. Yeah, pizza and, better and be you available. Better know, yeah, you better know it, when it came out of the oven, who the delivery driver is, and make sure he's got gas in that car. Because if you're not, then everybody at your house is going to starve and die. And that's exactly what we got. There's if we're going to go analogies, let's get crazy. There's plenty of guys still out there. ready. For you. Okay, you want to get into some speculation now? You ready for it? Because <laughs> yes. the question is, yeah, the question is, now that Jardy's gone, who's going to be the manager? And until that next guy is hired, which I expect it to be soon after the World Series. I expect it to be within the week after the World Series. Um, that's going to be the question. Who's it going to be? That is the question. That is the question on everybody's mind. And I have a guy that I, that I know who I want. I think it's, it, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, we're looking at these candidates. We can run down the candidate list. So let's just real make, quick. Let's, just make a, if, let's make a list. Real quick, if we had an ad for this episode, this would be a perfect time for it. Everyone on the, on the edge of their seat waiting for your answer. It's true. We, <laughs> we didn't sell, it. We didn't sell this, uh, this episode. Right? It was an unplanned episode. So the, the, current, the, the current list of rumored guys, and if you go to BronxPinstripes.com, we're putting up profiles on each one of these guys. Um, so you can learn more about them. The guys that we have rumored, Rob Thompson, Tony Pena, Joe Espada, Larry Rothschild, Willie Randolph, Kevin Long, Al Padrique. All those guys are basically within the system some, of some sorts. Kevin Long, obviously not there anymore. Willie Randolph, not there right now, but he's around the system. He's been around the system for a while. Um, what, other names, one Brad, other guy. Brad Ausmus. Yeah, Pete. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Pete Mackinnon, who uh, was a scout under Cashman and managed the Phillies in 15. Another guy, Yankee system. Uh, Brad Ausmus, and then Dark Horses, which I have not heard the, the rumors on this guy, is uh, Jason Giambi. That would be freaking interesting. And then uh, Raul Abanez. Yeah, something about Jason Giambi. If Cashman wants somebody who's analytically focused, uh, Jason Giambi seems like too much of a meathead to come in and manage this team by, by a binder or by, by a database. Why isn't A-Rod on this list? Because isn't a because isn't I didn't want to put A-Rod, A-Rod on the list because every time someone tweets me that they want A-Rod as manager, I think to myself, why the cr- why? Why would we do that to ourselves and why would A-Rod do that to himself? Yo, let's get something straight. If Alex Rodriguez is named the manager of the New York Yankees, I don't think I could do the show any longer. I don't <laughs> think that I can talk about the Yankees twice a week with a-Rod being the freaking manager of, of men on my team. I just, I don't think I could do it. I think I would go insane. It gets tweeted probably 10 times a minute the, the last couple days. And I am only positive that 20% of them are sarcastic. I think like 80% of them are serious, which is really scary. Anyway, the guy I think, the guy I want for the job, the guy I think that has a, a very high uh, chance of, of getting this job, because I do believe Cashman already has this guy. Uh, groomed and ready to go. All right, my guy is Al Padrique. We have talked about him as, um, you know, a long time ago when we looked at uh, Girardi's potential either leaving or not leaving on on an earlier episode. Al Padrique has the pedigree within the Yankees organization. He started in 2012 with the uh, Charleston 
uh, what are they, the River Dogs, and has literally worked himself up from Charleston to Tampa to Trenton to Scranton. And is now 2016-2017 uh, back-to-back and belly-to-belly manager, uh, International League Manager of the Year. He knows everybody on this team. He has the respect of everybody on this team. He has won in Scranton with these guys. Who did we have on that said they loved Padrique? Was it Tyler Wade? Um, I don't know if it was a player. It was um, when we talked to um, was it Donnie it Collins? Too- when we talked to Donnie Collins from from Scranton, and they were just ta- praising Padrique. I think. Yeah, it was him and uh, Shane Hannigan we had on, and I think it was a player too. I swear there was a player talking about it. I thought it was Tyler Wade. Could have been. A- anyway, one of these guys was uh, was was the talk. Everybody who has mentioned Al Padrique in their sentences about baseball, about the Yankees, has had nothing but glowing things to say. I think it, it can't be understated how how much uh, how much it, how important it is that he has a relationship with every single big name that's rising on this team. I think that's huge. It could, and he's got he's not too big. Where, like I said before, Cashman's looking for somebody he can have under his thumb a little bit more. Um, I don't think Al Padrique is a big name at all, so I think that he's not going to have an ego coming in here. If you hire a guy of Joe Girardi's status, um, you're not going to get that guy to come in here and listen to every word you say, but you could get Padrique to do that, I think, if you're Cashman. Well, and, and the other thing about Padrique is that you can tell he has very good relationships um, with the players, but he's, 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 a, he's in tune with the way that they play. Uh, I saw a quote from him earlier talking about the numbers because that's been brought up that, that Cashman wants somebody who's uh, a little bit more analytical, even though I think Girardi was, which I just don't understand the speculation on that, the, um, that he wants someone looking at the numbers, but also the, the way that he can kind of manage these guys and their style. And he's older. I think he's, what, three or four years older than Girardi, but to me, he's more of a, a player's manager in the sense that he can have good relationships with these guys, you know, talk to them on more of a personal level. If something is going on, he can have a, a conversation with them and is a trusted source, almost like a, a trusted father rather than like the strict father who's telling you to go to bed and do your chores or you're not going to have any dessert. He's the guy that's like, OK, let's have dessert and let's let's go throw the ball afterwards. Like he's, he's the guy that they like. And I, I don't know if, when you're looking at this team and these guys, I feel like that's what they need. One of the biggest criticisms that the reason the Yankees mo- are moving on from Girardi is his, his poor communication with players and that they're looking for somebody to come in and manage the personalities and the clubhouse better than Girardi did. Girardi, apparently, when he was in, a season, in season, he was like a, a general. He was so, so focused that you couldn't even talk to him. He would had poor communication, wouldn't tell players if they're playing or not. In the right way, he would do a lot of things. I know Teixeira was on with Michael Kay today talking about how sometimes Girardi uh, is just, was just too intense and that for this young team, it's probably not the right, right type of manager. So if Padrique, like you said, has all, this, all these relationships with these kids, can better manage their personalities, then fine. Uh, I think he's a very good option if they're going to stay in-house. We don't know if they're going to stay in-house, though. And if they're not going to stay in-house you're probably looking at cleaning house, right? Because if you hire an outside manager, they're going to want new bench coach, new hitting coach, new first base, third base, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and well, it's interesting because if, if that's the case, which even as we're talking about it, I'm like, that's, that's, there's no way they're going to do that. As we're talking about it, just, just kind of like putting this out there, to me, it's going to be in-house. It's just, it just makes so much more sense. I mean, these guys have talked about how a lot of the, the coaching tests that they, that they do like, that they're 
Rob Thompson, how long has he been here? For 20-some years? 20, 25 years? 26 years? He's been with the organization for a long time. It's it's not like they could just go and just get rid of everybody. I don't think they need to. I think Larry Rothschild did a good job this year. I think they, they can keep a guy like him. If you go in-house with either someone who's currently on the staff, like a, um, like a Tony Pena um, or a, uh, uh, a Rob Thompson, those are the two probably guys that are, are currently there that have been the most rumored, then you don't have to change as much. But it's more of a, a, a top-level voice yeah. uh, that, that's going to get to these guys. I just... I don't know. I think totally cleaning house could be potentially dangerous for next season. I think so too. I think that's too much of a risk. You could take a huge step back if you're if you got new new everything in there. You could take a big step back because then it's a learning curve at the beginning of the season. Not just processes will be different. Everything's will be different. different. So I think changing managers, it's a it's a big risk. We haven't gone through it a lot. It's a risk. You're gonna go through bumps with a new manager. I think it's unrealistic to think everything's gonna go smoothly. I mean, you're not going to yeah. always win the World Series in your first year like Joe Torre. Right. And he came out of complete obscurity. Also, I mean, he, let's he also, was out of nowhere. Yeah, let's also understand that Girardi was not out of house. He he was a bench coach with Torre. So he was in-house in 2008. Yeah, maybe he was managing the Marlins pr- uh, prior to that. But he was as much of an inner organizational guy as you could find at that point. Well, yeah, not to mention he played for the organization. So they knew him very well. They knew what they were getting with Joe Girardi. It wasn't anything. I think Joe Torre is the biggest one. When you look at him, you're like, well, Steinbrenner went out and got him, and, and it pretty much came out of pretty nowhere. Pretty sure he just found him on the street. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and it really just worked out very well. Um, but the guy before that, this, one of the examples that I was, I was looking at uh, is, is Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter came up through the Yankees organization. He, he, was, he was coaching in Oneonta and uh, in Fort Lauderdale. So he came up with the Yankees. And it was kind of, and it was that time. He was he was Gene Stick Michael's guy. Brought him up. Uh, he had his back the entire time. Don't uh, that that's another that's another thing that's uh, an interesting parallel with these teams. We've been looking at the '96 team, '95 team, and what's going on now. And you've been seeing the Gene Michael stamp all over this. Well, Brian Cashman was heavily influenced by Gene Stick Michael, and if he was to do something very similar to that, where Buck Showalter, I think Buck Showalter was at uh, Single A, then Double A. Um, that's, that's again, going back to the, the Patrike. If you're, if you're looking at history repeating itself, Patrike is the guy. He's going he's gonna to come up and manage the team. That's the guy that, that makes a lot of sense. And the way that Stick Michael would have done something, if, 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 um, if Cashman is looking at that, kind of looking at that blueprint, it's going to be high on that list. Um, but the more we're talking about it, I'm, I'm almost... I'm almost, I would be shocked if it was somebody outside the organization. I'm with you. Jack Curry was also tweeting today that it, the new manager will be someone Cashman has worked with. He'll be heavily influenced by the front office and he won't be making $4 million a year. So Al Padrique fits all those three check marks. Yeah, he does. I mean, I, I think a couple of, I think Rob Thompson, I think Thompson hits the, hits the mark too. I don't really know as much about Thompson, um, as like as a person, as a as a personality, all we know is really... that everyone loves him. Everyone who's ever said anything about Rob Thompson loves him. Everybody who's older, have we talked about? Have we heard anything from the younger players about how they like Rob Thompson? No, but that do we, I don't what know. Do, we haven't really heard anything mean, from the younger players on any of the coaches. No, they haven't said anything about those that stuff. We know we know how they feel about Pedrique. That's that's all I know. That's true. Yeah, but but here's the thing with Pedrique. He's coming to from he's in the the minor leagues right now. No one gives a crap what happens in the minor leagues. So he's be, he'll be going to the Yankees, the most intense fan base, the most intense media market, on a team with expectations to win now. It's not an easy job. Can, can Padrique handle that? That, I think, is as much of a question for 
uh, Cashman as anything is can the guy handle New York? One of the things I saw someone tweeting, um, one of the baseball writers tweeting, is that the last time they were going through a managerial process in 2008, they had each of the top candidates do a media session, and they evaluated how they did the media session to see if they could handle it. So handling the, the New York media is as much of a job requirement as managing a bullpen for if you're the Yankees manager. No doubt about it. I think all of that stuff has to be considered. Um, so not, not that... Like you said before, we have no idea who the next guy is. Brian Cashman is the only one who knows. If he knows, I do believe that he knows. My speculation, my guess is that he knows damn well who this person is. And whether he's told anybody or not, I don't know. But I, the way it looks, getting rid of, of, uh, of Girardi right now, the, in, in the time that it that happened, because a couple of manager positions have already been filled, which is interesting. People were talking about John Farrell, too, by the way. God, uh, no. Uh, coming I swear to God, if that happens. He's horrible. We, People in Boston hated John Farrell. He, he, he fell ass backwards into a World Series in 2013 and then finished last place pretty much the other years and then underachieved the last two years with the Red Sox uh, getting bounced from the playoffs. He sucks. Yeah, I want nothing to do with he, John he Farrell. Also, he also banged one of the Nesson reporters. Okay. Good for him. The, it, caused um, a lot of, it caused a lot of controversy. Maybe it was uh, CSN. I can't remember. Just back to my Boston days, just hearing about all this crap. He's just a guy I don't think they're they're uh, they're going to consider. It just doesn't seem like a fit he in any possible way. the the other um, The other guys that we're we're talking about here, I think that Kevin Long is a guy that was with the Yankees for a while. Joe Espada has been with them for a good amount of time. I can't handle I Joe Espada. I can't handle three Joes in a row. It's too confusing. Yeah, that is confusing. Although it is uh, on trend, so maybe that's something. Uh, Larry Rothschild, I, I, I just can't see it. Willie Randolph is an interesting name to me because I, I just think he got screwed after, um, after his Mets after his Mets tenure. I think that for whatever reason, he's been pre- practically blackballed from this league. Uh, but he still has you know, a lot of ties with the Yankees. He's still, he's still around the organization quite a bit. He's been out of the game for a while. I'm not sure if he's, he has been. Like you said at the beginning, that this guy is going to come in for five. Like This is a long-haul type manager. You're going to be managing a young team. This isn't a, a patchwork job, so Willie Randolph's not going to come in for two or three years and then get out. The next guy they hire is here for the long term, hopefully, if things work out. I'm not sure Randolph is up for that. See, that's why I, I'm still, I, I just keep going back to Padrique on this, because that's a guy that really, you're talking about pressure and expectations and all these things. Well, he's a guy that no one really knows about. He's a guy that is coming up, like, really excited for this job. Like, job of a lifetime, let's roll. This is, this is what he's been basically you know, playing for and managing for his entire career. Like, that's a guy that has a fire uh, that wants to win and knows all the players and their intricacies and everything about these players and how they play and what their personalities are like and what they do pre- and post-game. Like, he knows all of that stuff already. It would be seamless. I mean, we talked about how when the Yankees brought in Marcus Timms as a hitting coach and and that that was, uh, you know, a potential gap, you know, a gap filler from these young guys to this to the, to the um, major leagues to give them somebody they were comfortable with because he was down there in the farm system working with them on their hitting. I think it's a very similar process. If you have a, a player who is going to be your guy for the next you know, 10 to 15 years and you have a core of those players and you also have a guy you know already that they, that they respond to and, uh, they, and that gets them and wins, check, mark every box on your freaking list. I mean, unless he just sucks with the media, which it doesn't seem like he does. It seems like he's a very, a very like outgoing, personable guy. 
I don't Dude, know. Man. The media, just, the Scranton Tribune Times is not the New York Post. No, I'm New just York talking Daily about his demeanor. Just, just the way he talks. Like yeah. he's not a, he's not very rigid. He, it makes he, he's a, he's a very casual conversation type of guy. It makes a ton of sense, <laughs> but that's exactly why I think it might not happen because it seems like not a lot is making sense with the Yankees in 2017. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are weird. Um, I thought it was interesting. I, 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 I don't know. I thought it was interesting that before the news even broke, but we knew something or we could sense something was going to happen with the manager today, either that he's staying or going. I tweeted out a poll from Yankees podcast saying, do you want Joe Girardi to manage the team in 2018? 2,777 people voted and 76% of people said, yes, they want him back. I think, I mean, I know it's still it's a relatively small sample, almost 3000 people, but 76 is a pretty big margin. So as much as we think fans hated Joe Girardi, still a large majority of out, of them out there wanted him back. And I really do think it's because it's recency bias. They saw him get the team to the to the ALCS. One win away from the World Series. So he had success with this team. It's it's tough to change in that scenario. Yeah, and, that, and there was no other solid name attached to, to a poll like that. So if you're looking at... Joe or somebody else, then there's yeah, like, oh, the okay, devil you know, know or the devil is. you don't know. Exactly. And I think people get very hesitant when they don't know what the, the, the unknown is, uh, scares a lot of people. But we Whereas, just have to assume that Cashman's not stupid, which I think we can not, all assume. We, and he's not going to hire somebody like, who's a disaster like Bobby Valentine with the Red Sox in 2012. We know that Cashman, look, we put our trust in Cashman for these players in these trades, in the free agent signings, in all of these things. You and I have been you know, glowing about Brian Cashman and the job that he has done over the past couple of years, ever since it seems like he's gotten the reins of this team and really done what he's, um, what he's wanted to do. Everything has really, I mean, he's got a golden horseshoe up his ass. Basically he's done. It seems like every move he's made has been the right move. So that being said, I have a lot of confidence in Brian Cashman and the way that he manages this team, the way that he put it together. And I have a lot of confidence in him to bring in a guy that will do an effective job. And I don't think he's going to rock the boat too much. I think that's, that's, that's unlike what he does. But a, a new hurdle for this new manager is that this team had success this year with Joe Girardi. So now that we've got that comparison going, if this guy doesn't get the team to the ALCS or further, then that comparison will be made. I think it's just an unfortunate reality. Buck Showalter made the, it was the ALDS in 95. Yeah, the, the Tory won the World Series. They had a run, yep, and then he got booted, and then Tory won the World Series. So because the guy has success before that, a lot of times you could, you could plug and play another guy because the team is that good. And sure. I'm not, one, I think he's got a fail safe because of that. And then I also think he's going to bring in a guy that's more easy managed. Well, you could look at it both ways. I honestly think Cashman knew that he was moving on from, from, Joe, uh, from Girardi before the playoffs started. And I, th- I really do think once they made it to the ALD- ALCS, he was like, crap, now this is going to be a really tough sell. Yeah, probably. It's not far-fetched. I, I, I would lean to, to that side as well. I think Cashman has a solid plan of what he's going to be doing well in advance of when he does it. Yeah, and that's why I think you saw, you saw Joe Girardi get so emotional during the playoffs because he, I think he saw the writing on the wall. I think he, he, when he was talking about how he's going to have to talk with his family to see what he wants to do, I think that was all BS. I think that he was laying the groundwork for if he was not coming back, which he sensed was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's been speculation since, uh, I mean, the first I heard it was Francesa months ago talking about how there was, 
you know, the first time in a long time you're hearing whispers of potentially Girardi not 100% sure if he's coming back. And that was the Girardi thing. So you're right. He could have set the groundwork thinking like, okay, I've I'm going to break up I'm with you before resigned. you break up with me. Yeah. Type deal. <laughs> yeah. It's like Steph Curry, you're not invited to the White House any longer. <laughs> All right. Let's give Girardi a send off uh, before we can't end on, on something negative on Girardi. So what are some of your fonder memories of, of Girardi over the years? Oh boy, um, I think uh, I, I think the one that stands out is uh, in Fenway, uh, getting ejected after A Rod was hit by Ryan Dempster. Yeah, and how he just went completely apeshit. The one thing about Girardi that I think is more of a, rather than a specific, I think that's one that that stands out. But I think there's a an under an, an overwhelming uh, trend to the, the the parts that I like about Girardi is you can tell that he had a lot of heart and he definitely had his guys back. Whether he showed it in the right way, whether he it translated to the relationships of those guys, that that's you know up in the air, and and those guys will have to comment on that. But I I always believe that his intentions, his heart, his dedication, all those things were in the right place, and he just did things the way that he thought they were supposed to be done, and and that's fine because you know what you have your convictions, you go to battle with your convictions, and you either succeed or you don't. And I think he stayed with his, his convictions and the way he does something for 10 years. And I give him a lot of credit for that because he managed the way he does. And he had a lot of success doing it that way. So um, I, I, think he's a, I think he's a good man. Every, everything I've heard is that he's an absolutely good man. Um, he always would do those shirts before the games for the charity. He would take a picture, put it on social media. So there's a lot of really good components of Girardi that I think are, uh, that need to be his legacy uh, beyond this, you know, the, the, the wild nonsense at the end of uh, the end of the career. That's always usually wild before someone goes away. He, but for him, he's kind of ending on a high note in a way. I think he when is, we yeah. look back at it in a few years, we're going to say, wow, Girardi really overachieved with that team at the end. Andy won a World more, more talking about the ALDS debacle. Sure, sure. Think, thankfully, that, that wasn't the last thing. I think he always had his players' backs, and he also never aired them out in the media, which I think some managers do, maybe either on purpose or by accident. Girardi always took the fall for his players. No, that's true. He was the... You, you, you compared him to a general. I, I think that's a very good comparison because he's the guy. He would fall on swords. He would, he would, he would jump on, these, um, on these, these situations and take the attention off of them. Um, and, it, then, and, it, and it wore on him. If you look at pictures, before and after pictures, people were putting those out on social media today. It's like the before and after pictures of Obama in the presidency. Joe, Torrey in ten, or Joe Girardi in 10 years, age 50 years. I, you know, I, there's part of me that feels badly for the position that he was in with um, with the aging veterans at the end. Oh, Because yeah. he was put in a bad position. Definitely. And he had to manage a bunch of guys that were just not very good anymore, that were getting paid way too much money. And he was in a, a difficult spot. And I, I guarantee the the tension between Girardi and Cashman started at that point. When these veteran guys that Girardi didn't want to play them or wanted to change some things up, and Cashman's like, no. Or whatever the tension was. How do you, there, was there was tension there. How do you move Derek Jeter out of shortstop or out of the lineup? It's impossible. Yeah. It's, it's, right. it's an impossible task he was set to to have Jeter, Mariano, Pettit, Posada all going out on farewell tours. Not to mention A-Rod and the circus he brought. And then the other high-priced veterans like Teixeira who were declining as well towards the end. Really tough job. I know everyone's saying, well, oh, poor baby had to manage $200 million and he could only win one World Series. Let's face it, after 2012, the roster was crap. And yeah, he had a lot of stuff to deal with. Well, I just, and I don't think he was the right guy to manage those, those personalities. You know, you saw Joe, the way that Joe Torre did it. Joe Torre was a lot more laid back and just kind of like did a lot of things behind closed doors. 
and um, just had that more relaxed personality, I think, to handle a lot more bigger personalities. And Girardi just seems like, you know, if it's not your way, it's the highway. And, 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 and if, that's, if that's not okay with you, then we, gotta, we have an issue. And I, I think a lot of the guys took, uh, took exception to that, and probably the older veterans too. Wherever he goes, I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to get a job. If he wants to manage, he's going to get a job. People are speculating the Nationals. Um, I think wherever he goes, he'll be, he'll be a good manager because he was a good manager with the Yankees. I mean, the Nationals seems like a perfect job for him. Yeah, but apparently like very... their ownership is cheap as hell. And Girardi they're wants... Freaking the, they're probably the richest in, ba- in baseball, too, which is ridiculous. Right, but, they, but Girardi's going to want $5 bucks, which matches the top managers in baseball. And yeah. I don't know if they're going to pay him that. Yeah, I've heard the same things. Uh, at some point, if the Nationals are... They, they look at their roster, they're like, okay, we got to win now. I mean... Well, I mean, they're, they're idiots be- for bringing in Bruce Bochy. I mean, Bruce, not Bruce Bochy, Dusty Baker. Dusty I was Baker. reading Bruce Bochy on the notes here because he's one of the top paid managers. Dusty Baker stinks. He hasn't won. A, I don't think he's ever won a playoff series. I think one of them with the Cubs, and then he got bounced. So I think they were stupid for doing that. I think that Girardi could go in there and sort of like a drill sergeant, get a team over the hump, and then be out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I have a feeling he's going to take a year off, but and go do some uh, some some watching of high school baseball and and maybe some uh, some stuff on Fox or whatever. Maybe he'll be sitting next to A Rod next Ooh, year. A Rod, Big uh, Poppy. Uh, Keith Hernandez, Frank, uh, Frank Thomas, and, and Joe, Girardi. Joe Girardi. Wow, the, dr- the drill sergeant. The, 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 yeah, the the the, <laughs> the studio is just getting wider. Uh, I I just uh, my feeling on that. So at the end of this, to wrap this up, what are your um, what are your what are your feelings moving forward? Are you are you are you happy that we're moving to a new manager? I know you said you were kind of iffy, but make yes or no. Are you happy that we're moving to a new manager? Does that excite you? Uh, well, it certainly excites me just because it's so much It's so much unknown. And anytime you have unknown, that's exciting. And now it's going to make this offseason a lot more. As if the offseason wasn't going to be fun enough, we've got so much material to talk about at this point. We're going to have a podcast when the new manager is hired after his first press <laughs> conference. The voicemail line is going to be lighting this guy up. So as far as the podcast and my entertainment over the next few months goes, yeah, I'm happy about it. I'm going to wait and see how this, how this new guy can, uh, what, what his philosophy is on bullpen warm-up pitches before I make a decision there. Yeah, maybe we can, um, maybe we could enter some suggestions is there a, maybe he'll have a suggestion box to the media and blogs maybe that'll maybe he'll wide open to uh, podcasts right be able to come on and do a weekly spot right maybe that'll be in, in it's not just a media day it's also a podcast uh yeah send him to the wolves of a podcast and let the maybe we'll open up the voicemail line to him yeah oh that'd be great that'd be great um but yeah, yeah answer I'm your question uh, yeah i think um i think it, it was shocking at first but I think shocking in the sense that the Yankees are actually doing this because right. they haven't done it in a while. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, I think I'm happy about it. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I'm, I'm just I'm I'm uh, surprised how it went down. I, I'm definitely surprised how it went down. I thought it was going to be more of a Girardi decision than a Cashman decision. Me too. So that was interesting to me. And um, I can be happy. I'm excited. About, we can be happy about it, but still not think Joe Girardi is a bad manager because neither of us do. He just might not no, be the right manager for the Yankees, and that's fine. But he's still a good manager, and I think he, I think he deserves more credit for his ten years than he gets. Okay, I, I just uh, the the other thing about that is that I don't even know if he's not the right man, manager for the job. You know what I mean? Like that's that's well, that's well, one. Now you're said. going back on everything. 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying like going and saying that is, is almost like saying he's not the right guy for this. It's just, he's not the right guy that Cashman thinks at this point. Sure. And, we're and, trusting and that's something Cashman. totally. And we're trusting Cashman. That's it. And that's why I'm excited because what Cashman does is he's been he's brought a level of excitement to this team because of the players he's brought in. And I don't think it's going to stop. I think yeah, new things are exciting. I think we're going to have a new shiny object to to look at and analyze and watch trends and see what he does. And all this is good. And if it, for no other reason, not that Joe Girardi was a bad manager, but maybe they just needed to mix it up. Maybe they just needed a little bit of a change for these young guys to get their guy behind them and go forward. Sure. Maybe that's it. And I like it. And if, I'm in. And if given the choice between Girardi and Cashman, you and I and everyone else in their right mind would pick Cashman. I want Cashman. Right. All right, guys. And Al Padrique. Al Padrique, <laughs> if you're listening to this, call us. We got your back. Well, I got your back. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning into the podcast. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. We are well over 600 at this point, which is awesome to see. Obviously, 700 is the next milestone, so let's hit 700. You guys have been awesome. Every time we ask, you guys deliver. Also, submit mailbag questions for Monday's show. We're still planning to do the weekly shows on Mondays. Obviously, if there's breaking news, like the Yankees moving on from Joe Girardi, or if they hire somebody, we'll jump in with a podcast. But we plan on doing mailbags um, on those weekly shows, and it's going to be a big part of the show. So really come through with those mailbags. You can submit them at bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. I got to imagine there's a lot of hot takes out there, a lot of questions with this manager change. So I'm looking forward to those. And you can also tweet us at Yankees Podcast, at Andrew underscore Rotondi, and at Scott Reinen. Anything else you want to say, Scott, before we get out of here? I have nothing else to say. Beautiful. Talk to you guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com